Hi, I'm Jackie Jones and welcome to my podcast, Living Life Being Human, the number one podcast for anxiety, stress and mental health support. Don't forget to click subscribe to be notified of my latest podcast episodes. And if you get any value from this podcast, please support me by leaving a review. It really does help me out and it motivates me to keep making these podcasts. You can connect with me on social media at Jackie Jones Coaching and subscribe to my YouTube channel to get weekly videos all around anxiety, stress and mental health. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this podcast and this one's going to be a little bit different because I'm on my own. The past four or five I'd say I've had a guest. I will be getting some more guests on in the future but this one's just me and I thought I would explore a little bit more about the things I do and the way that I work and one of the things that I noticed earlier on today I was having a bath as you do and my thoughts started to wander as they generally do and I got to thinking because I was working on what I was going to talk about for this podcast what would be helpful what could I use to explain things a little bit different for people because I often talk about our thoughts create our feelings 100% of the time and they do categorically across the board that is part of being a human being but when I say that to clients and I know I have touched on this in the past they think that what I'm saying is that they're thinking about being anxious and then that causes them to be anxious or they're thinking about a breakup of a relationship and that's causing them to feel upset or sad angry whatever that feeling is that comes along with those thoughts and that's not necessarily what I mean because our, our subconscious, our brain, works really well. It's, its function is our survival. That's it. It goes back to caveman times. And I know I talk about this an awful lot, but I'm going to try and put a different slant on it. Just as a way of exploring something out loud that was going on in my head earlier on this morning. So one of the first things that I wanted to touch on is that with clients and in my private membership group which you can join with pleasure it's only five pounds a week and there's a lovely bunch of people that are in there and we post memes and chat and have a weekly zoom and all those wonderful things really supportive group and and they're kind of my my peeps they're my people um but i talk an awful lot about metaphors and sometimes that can go over people's heads. Sometimes that can be a little bit, what is this woman talking about at all? I have no understanding of it. And that is the whole point to a certain extent. Because if we're in a therapy session together and we're talking therapeutic principles, which I do do, there are certain clients that are very logical and want lots of theory, and I have lots of theory that I can give to them. I've, I've got handouts, I've got diagrams, I've got sheets, I've got workbooks. I've got all that information that I can give out to people if that's what they want. But what we tend to do as human beings a lot of the time is get in our own way. Our thoughts get in our own way. We try to, to think our way out of things. Our logical brain kicks in. And 
even now, if, if you're being completely honest with yourself while you're listening to this podcast, as I'm talking, your train of thought will be wandering. You will be thinking, yeah, but that won't work for me. Yeah, but I don't do that. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And there will be lots of that going on. So one of the reasons why I use metaphors, and there's an awful lot of people out there, it's not just me that does this. I've not had a eureka moment and worked out that that's what I need to do. There's an awful lot of therapists that do use metaphors in their work is that it's storytelling and if if we're listening to a story our logical brain tends to quieten down a little we're not searching for answers in a story we're just in the story if that makes sense so it kind of I don't want to say shuts down part of the brain because that would be magical if we could do that but it kind of just quietens it down and it takes it out of high alert mode so that the messages can get in under the radar, let's say. So I'm going to take you on a little journey in this podcast, which is something a bit different. I've not done it before on a podcast. Um, I'm also taping this and it will be my YouTube channel, Jackie Jones Coaching. So you can actually watch the video while I'm doing this. Um, is... I've titled, or I'm going to title this podcast, How My Slash The Brain Works, because our brain is a wonderful organ. We've all got one. Some of us use it more than others. Some of it, some of it use it for the good of us, and some of it, sometimes we feel like it's working against us, but we've all got one, so we've got that in common. Um, the title of my podcast and a lot of the work that I do is Living Life Being Human, because we've all got that in common too. So how does our brain work? The first thing I want to say to you is that it's functioning like it did millions of years ago. It's functioning like it did when we were cavemen. Not a lot has evolved since then. I'm a bit of a disclaimer here or a caveat or whatever you call it. I am not a qualified brain person. <laughs> this is just my understanding of the many, many training courses that I've gone on. The other thing to bear in mind is that as human beings, we do filter out so much information. If it's not relevant to us, we filter it out. In a film, if it doesn't grab our attention, if we can't relate to it, if it's not something that we understand, we'll filter it out and we'll just take something from it, which is often why, you know, if we're watching a film with somebody else, we have different understandings and different feelings and emotions around that because we've filtered a lot of stuff out. So I know the training that I've been on, the books that I've read, one of the most amazing books that I still haven't completed, but I dip in and out of it all the time, is The Idiot Brain by Dean Burnett. And I've got post-it notes in there. I've written in the margins. It, it's a brilliant book to read about how the brain works by somebody that does know about the brain. Um, so maybe you, you might want to go and get that book. Um, I've lost my thread now. Oh, but yes, it's one of the things, it's all about survival. It, that's what it's trying to do. It's trying to encourage our survival as a human race. And it's not evolved since the caveman times, but we have as, as a society, as a human race, we've come on leaps and bounds, but we're still working with an old brain to a certain extent. So it's kind of like if you imagine trying to work a streaming game you know if you're downloading a game and trying to stream cod or whatever the latest one is 
and you're using the old dial-up internet system, it's not going to work very well. And you're going to get so frustrated and you're going to be there for hours with it going beep, 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 or even typing in binary numbers like I learned how to use the computer in the good old days, giving my age away then. So that's kind of like the, the background to this. So as a cave man, woman, whatever, my main focus would be on survival, feeding myself, keeping warm, the basic stuff, food, shelter, warmth, clothing that that would pretty much be my whole point of existence so I would go out in the morning and you know I don't know if I had kids I would maybe make sure that the fire was out before I went and that would pretty much you know stay where you are don't go out there's a saber-toothed tiger rattling around and I don't wait to get eaten I'm off to find some food and I would probably have learnt from the people around me which route was a good route to take I probably wouldn't be very good at swimming, so I would probably keep away from water. If there was a big pond there, I wouldn't jump in. I would probably walk around the edges and I would be looking for changes in my surroundings. I would be looking for animal poop. <laughs> if it was a big poop, then I would know that there was a big dangerous animal around me, so I would avoid that area. So it's, it's pretty basic stuff that I, I would be doing on a daily basis. And generationally, I would have picked up things from the people around me in my tribe on what was edible, what wasn't, what tastes nice, what doesn't, what's useful, all those basic stuff. I would have gathered that information. My brain would have logged it into food, shelter, warmth, survival. If you think of it as a filing cabinet, I'd probably have about four or five drawers and that would be it. My life would be quite simple. And the brain can cope with that. You know, if if I'm walking and I don't know, I saw a branch that was broken on a tree in a footprint, it would connect footprint, branch broken, animal run. That would pretty much be the system that would be in play in caveman times. Now I'm using that same brain, I'm using that same computer system that first came out that had a dial-up internet connection in the 21st century, which isn't working very well. Um, same scenario, I've got to go out shopping to provide for my family. So I get up in the morning and I've got to make sure that my kids are safe. So it's not just putting a fire out, it's making sure that there's no knives on the side, it's making sure that the cooker's turned off, it's making sure that the doors are locked, it's making sure that there's there's nothing dangerous around in every single room of the house that I live in. So not just in the bedroom, in the front room, in the living room, in the hallway, in the landing, upstairs, downstairs, around the corner. That's before I even step out. Then I step out of my house and I, you know, take a quick look around my surroundings. Is there anything here that's dangerous? There's the car. I get in the car. Have I got petrol in the car? Where am I going? Do I need to de-ice it? Have I got my keys? Are the doors locked? Have the kids got the seatbelts on? Off I go out of the drive. I'm in the traffic. What time of day is it? What is, is it light? Is it daytime? Is it dark? Do I need my headlights on? Do I need to look at the road conditions? Is it icy? But I haven't even got off the edge of my road and my mind is just full of stuff. So how does that play out? One, I'm pretty stressed before I even get off the drive, never mind anything else. But my brain is taking in all that information. 
that's just the stuff that I'm aware of and that I'm, you know, kind of clocking in my conscious mind. But subconsciously, there is so much information that my brain is taking in. All my senses, my sights, my taste, my smell, what I can hear, what I can see is being bombarded all the time. So my brain needs to put that into certain categories. So it finds similarities between things. It's called apophenia. It's a, it's a thing that we do as human beings. And it needs to connect all the dots so it can package it together and put it in a file. So whereas my caveman person had four or five drawers, I've, I've got billions of bloody drawers that my mind is trying to you know, categorize and compile and do all this stuff. So that's the background and the purpose to this podcast. So what does it do with all of that? This is what I mean when I talk about our thoughts create our feelings. So if I've been shopping once and had a bad experience, maybe the, the you know, the, the queue up to the checkout was very long I had to go somewhere, I was stressed. I got a phone call that one of the kids were ill at school and I needed to pick them up, which heightened my stress level again. The woman on the checkout was having a chat with somebody and I was in a rush and blah, 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 all this stuff going on. My brain's categorized all that stuff. Shopping is not good, shopping is stressful, shopping takes time, shopping makes you feel anxious, shopping does this, that and the other. And it's grouped it all together and it's put it in a file. So next time I look in the fridge and see that I've run out of butter, my connection then starts, I need to go shopping. Last time I went shopping, I was really stressed. Last time I went shopping, I got a phone call from school about the kids being ill that I needed to pick up and the woman a bit. And it's all brought back forward, which then, you know, and pounds and makes my stress even more. But all that's happened with me opening the fridge and noticing that I haven't got any butter. So I hope you're still with me on this. So going back to what I was saying about our thoughts create our feelings 100% of the time, but it's not that I've had a conscious thought that I need to go shopping and I get stressed when I go shopping. It's the fact that I opened the fridge and noticed I needed butter. That was what started all the thoughts and all the feelings that come after it. So that's how our brain works. Again, it's survival. It's doing what it's meant to do. Only in this day and age, in the here and now, it's overwhelmed. It's, it's trying to gather information and log it so that it can keep us safe and we survive. When there's so much that it doesn't need to pay attention to. It's not dangerous going, doing a weekly shop. It's not the end of the world if I have no butter in my fridge but we have the same reaction that we would have done in caveman times because our brain categorizes it, our thoughts start, that triggers our reflex system to kick off. We go into our fight, flight or freeze mode, the cortisol, the adrenaline, and it's kind of like not to 60 so fast when it doesn't need to happen. But it's doing it for the best of intention. It's trying to protect us. It's trying to help us to survive in a world that it thinks is really dangerous out there. So, so just bear that in mind. If we can slow our thoughts down, if we can slow that chain reaction down, then 
the thoughts are going to be less. We're going to have less impact from our thoughts on our feelings. And we can just keep a, a, a kind of equilibrium going on things. We don't need to work out the whys and wherefores. That logical side that kicks in, that says things to us constantly about, yeah, but it won't work for me. That's not how my brain works. My brain's different to yours. My anxiety is different to yours. I've tried that and it didn't happen. And all that barrage of thinking that goes on. Just start to be aware of it. You don't need to do anything with it. You don't need to change anything because you will survive. You have got to where you are now and you are here listening to this podcast. So you will survive. It's just that it doesn't need to be so difficult. It doesn't need to be so full on all the time with stress, anxiety, overwhelm and overthinking. There is an easier route to take and it takes less effort. It makes us feel better and healthier and the impacts on us physically are far less. So it's, you know, what, what do we need to do? And I'm, I'm not an expert in what we should do or what we shouldn't do. The other thing that, you know, links into all of this is our upbringing, our, upbringing, our past experience, how we were raised and life events. Life events impact on us. I'm not saying that our trauma isn't important. It's our thoughts that are causing all this stuff. Of course, you know trauma and life events are going to impact on us but the moment after it's happened that trauma no longer exists in reality it's past if I don't want to talk and trigger people in this podcast but if I say that I had a near miss in the car that you know I was going to do my weekly shots because I had no butter in my fridge and I had a near miss with a big wagon. The, the adrenaline goes, all my systems kick in doing exactly what they're supposed to do and it's over with. My fight and flight response is meant to go back down to base level. It's meant to go back to normal. But what happens nowadays is I start to overthink it. Oh my God, what if that had hit me? What what would the kids do? I've, I've, you know, I've got so many things that I need to do. What if, what if I was injured what if what if what if what if and I'm you know reconnecting my fight and flight constantly I'm it's like I'm injecting myself with cortisol just keeping all that going up with all my what if thoughts when the reality is that that near miss I survived it it's over with and it's gone but it's my thoughts about it that are continuing that I'm giving energy to and bringing it to life and making it bigger than what it needs to be. I feel like I've thrown so much information at you. I'm gabbed an awful lot. Um, so that's the reason why people use metaphors is to quieten down our logical brain that will constantly be trying to reinforce what it's always done because it thinks that's the best that it can do. So it's about quietening down the logical side, which is why we use stories and metaphors to get in underneath it in the hopes that you will have an insight about the caveman and the old fashioned computer and the stress and the what is. So the other little tip that I wanted to just pass on to finish this podcast 
was about the chain of thoughts. When I say that a thought creates a feeling 100% of the time, we have no control over the thoughts that pop in and out of our mind. They're transient, they come and they go. Some we give energy to and bring them to life, like, oh my God, I've just had a near miss. And other ones, we just let them go. We have that ability with any thought that we have, but we choose to not always do that. So one of the things that I say to clients a lot of the time, um, and if you're watching this on a video, you can see the sign behind me up there um, that says, be curious and use full stops. So again, a little visualization is when as kids we have dominoes and we stand them all up edge to edge and you hit the first one and they all fall down and you know this there's world records in the guinness book where they've done it for i don't know a zillion dominoes or whatever it is and it's a chain reaction the first one goes down and there's a chain reaction and what I recommend people do when I talk about using full stops is to notice the first thought and then to literally say it out loud or say it in your head full stop and what that does is it's like you've took a domino out so the first one falls but there isn't a chain reaction the thoughts don't come thick and fast and overwhelm us so have the thought oh my god that was a near miss the first domino goes down and it stops and, and that just gives us time to, to calm ourselves, to get back into the here and now, to, to quieten our logical mind down. We don't need to go down the road of what if it had hit me, what if, what if, what if, because it's not going to serve us any purpose. All it does is, is, you know, communicate to our subconscious that going in the car is really bad and we don't want to do it anymore. When the reality is, yes, we do, because we need to live our life. So... I hope that helps. Um, the other thing I often talk about is upstream and downstream, which again is another story or um, a little metaphor that you can kind of get some insight from, hopefully. My, I'm doing this podcast in one of the rooms in my extension and the, the roof is leaking, which isn't very good. Um, it's going to cost me an arm and a leg to get my roof fixed. There's also a shower underneath it in, in that corner. So it started off with a bit of mould in there, you know, the grout in between the tiles. And we thought, oh, we'll, we'll have a look at that. Well, my son decided to have a look at that and, you know, was just going to chip out the grout and thought, oh, yeah, there's a bit of something going on behind there. So knocked a tile off and then, yeah, basically the whole wall nearly fell down. There's a lot of damage behind what we couldn't see in the shower that was all caused by the roof that is still waiting to be fixed. Now I could fix the shower. I could spend a lot of time and a lot of money fixing the shower and making it look beautiful and everything and forget the roof. But it's gonna cause more damage eventually. It's still leaking, nothing's been fixed. So the shower is gonna end up being ruined again. Why am I telling you this story? The reason why is that my shower is downstream. My shower is the, the symptom, the bit that I can see, the bit that I'm getting caught up in because I've got a shower that I can't use and it looks terrible. There's no walls. It all needs fixing. That's kind of like my anxiety. If I spend 
all day, every day, focusing on my anxiety. How can I stop my anxiety? Why have I got anxiety? How can I make it less impactful on my life? What if I pass it on to my children and everything? That's like me focusing on the shower and forgetting the roof. Whereas what I often talk with clients about is to look upstream. And when we get the understanding that our thoughts create our feelings 100% of the time, that's focusing on the roof. That's focusing upstream. When we look at things like the domino effect and the chain of thoughts and how fast they come, that's focusing on the roof and not the shower. It's not focusing on our anxiety and trying to fix it. It's looking upstream at what causes the anxiety and then we can stop the leak. We can stop the chain that ends in our anxiety, our anxious feelings, it impacting on us, making us feel like we can't go out, we can't do anything. So that's a, a kind of overwhelming, a roundabout way of explaining how my brain works. And this all came from one thought while I was having a bath this morning that then did that domino effect, hopefully in a positive way, because it joined up the dots for me on how I could one, explain metaphors to you. Two, explain that, you know, often it's better to look upstream than downstream. And three, the overriding thing that I know I constantly, constantly talk about is that our thoughts create our feelings 100% of the time. And then when we have that understanding, we then have a choice. When we're aware that our thoughts create our feelings, we can either carry on the way that we are and we will be absolutely fine even though we'll be stressed and overwhelmed and life won't be as good as it can be or we can choose to do something different but having the awareness that our thoughts create our feelings is the first step so this is why I keep harping on about it this is why I keep trying to find new and different ways to explain what it is so you know even if from the whole of this 25 minute talk it triggers something on you next time you go to open the fridge and you need butter or it triggers something in you next time you have to get in the car and go shopping or it triggers something for you next time you're watching a film and realizing how much information you're taking in or the next time you're overthinking something then that's that's the start that's the little spark that can start a whole different ball game for you. So I hope that helps. You can get in contact with me. I know there's a bit of an outro to this, but feel free. I know I always say it and, you know, it's not just me giving it lip service. You can message me. You can email me, Jackie at JackieJones.co.uk. Watch the YouTube channel. Listen back to this as many times as you want to. Um, yeah, and get in touch if, if there's anything else that I can, I can help you with. And I shall be back on the next podcast next week. So take care and have an amazing week, even if you have to go shopping. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Living Life Being Human podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. And if you got value from this episode, please share it so that others can get value from it. 
You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Jackie Jones Coaching or you can visit my website jackiejones.co.uk and click on the free resources tab at the top of the page for all my free and paid support. Thanks for listening.